0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Amen. Let's get in the word. Uh, Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter four. I want to pick up where I've left off uh, in the reigning spirit. And actually, Pastor Earl, when he was here, he ministered along the lines of the reigning spirit as well. Uh, This is a series that they are uh, going through as well in Saint Augustine so he was able to speak to that. Amen. Uh, but so far we have discovered this that there is a reigning spirit. But in understanding the reigning spirit, you must understand that there are other spirits. Amen. And this is the year of diving into the Holy Spirit. We know he is the reigning spirit. Uh, that there are other spirits that may try to look like, imitate, mimic, sound like, uh, as we learned in my last time with you, they can be luring, they can be seductive, better get that, they can be uh, drawing, they can, uh, well, we'll get to it, amen, must be important, hallelujah, Um, they can be luring, they can be seductive, they can be distracting, can't they? these other spirits. Just because we've learned this, just because we desire the things of the Spirit does not automatically mean we can discern the things of the Spirit. And so what's happening is, is if the enemy can't defeat you with your flesh, he'll distract you by imitating things of the Spirit mimicking things of the Spirit. And he has distracted and lured and drawn many away. And as we see here in 1 Timothy chapter four, many will depart from the faith, it says. Now the Spirit expressly says, it's interesting, the Holy Spirit saying this. (laughs) And if you're yielded to the right spirit, you'll be able to see this. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, And it's not just faith as in, uh, you know, trusting God. It's faith. They're departing from the faith, the gospel, the message of the kingdom. They're departing from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. They're not ignoring spirits. They're actually being lured by them. And so we can have just as much of a falling away show up in the church and in the people of God by yielding to the flesh and just openly abandoning the things of, of, of the kingdom. We can, we can fall away in that category, but he's saying you can also fall away or get compromised in your walk and get compromised in your faith by desiring the things of the spirit, but not being able to discern which spirit it's of. They are giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons that in these last days we will see activity of the spiritual kind we will see activity of spiritual forces we will see a prevalence of spiritual matters a lot of times we we think of a dark world or we think of the last days as just this abomination and just this uh you know a, a complete abandonment of the things of god outright sin, and we're seeing those things. Remember, I remind you, just because you're seeing more darkness does not mean it's an increase of darkness. You're just seeing it exposed. And we're walking in days of just open exposure, guys. They're not even hiding it anymore. They're making it very apparent they're not even trying to put a virtuous tag on it. They're not trying to justify it. They're just outright deconstructing, outright walking away, outright abandoning, outright saying, I don't want anything to do with that. That's happening. So just remember, the exposure of darkness does not equal the increase of darkness. It's always been going on. Things are just being brought to light. And the Bible tells us that the brought, the, the, the brought to light is what will bring Jesus' return. You want the exposure. So, man, when it starts coming out on the news and it starts getting introduced in schools and government officials start touting this kind of stuff, man, you just, you want to get excited. Good. We're just getting this thing exposed for what it really is. No more hiding. No more hypocrisy. No more lying behind. We're just coming out and just displaying it for what it is. Fine with me. The end's drawing near. Amen? Amen. It's light, and the entrance of light is what brings salvation. It's difficult to redeem someone that doesn't know they need redemption. Amen. It is difficult to restore someone that doesn't know they need to be restored to anything. Let's just go ahead and get it out in the open and say, yeah, you've wandered away. You've abandoned. That that's, has nothing to do with the God, and then we can address it. But the, 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 the element that we're also seeing here in these last days is there will be those that say, I minister in the name of Jesus. I'm doing signs and wonders. I've got my ministry. I'm sharing the gospel. I'm holding conferences. We're seeing, uh, and you will see signs and wonders. Pharaoh's guys could drop a rod on the ground and it turned to a snake just like Moses's. Remember that the devil has power. He does not have authority, but he has power. Power that is not used under the right or in the correct authority is called illegal. Now I'm not afraid of his power, but I will not also deny it. He's got power. He's got power. And so just because you can present a few signs, just because you, you, can, you can do a few things that may uh, be supernatural or beyond the natural capacity, man, and Jesus already said in Matthew 7, that doesn't impress me. Depart from me, I never knew you. But we prophesied in your name, but we cast out demons, but we did this and did that, and depart from me, I never knew you. That's not, what, that, that's not the fruit he's looking for. And so we're learning how to yield to and walk in and allow the reigning spirit this year to be unveiled in our lives. And you need to know that your life is more supernatural than you think. And I hope that we're getting a glimpse of that. Stop living by the natural alone. Stop living by what the natural five senses tell you. I've never seen anybody follow their feelings and end up in their future. I'll say that again. I said, I will, I've never seen someone follow their feelings and end up in their future. Not saying feelings are bad. Not saying emotions are wrong. But if they're leading, if they're taking charge, you're most likely gonna end up in a place you don't wanna be. You're gonna get results you don't want. You're gonna pay a price you didn't wanna pay. No, we need to be following the spirit of God. I wanna focus on these uh, three words here in the New King James. It says, in latter times, some will depart from the faith. I want you to underline it, highlight it, whatever you wanna do uh, to notate it in your Bibles. These three words, giving heed to. Maybe we'll knock this all out today, maybe not. But we're gonna focus on this area of this verse. Giving heed to. Giving heed to. In the Amplified, it reads this way. The Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in latter times, some will turn away from the faith. Here it is, giving attention to, giving heed to, giving attention to, deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. The Passion Translation reads it this way. At the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith, one after another, here it is, devoting themselves. Getting a little bit of a clearer picture, aren't we? Devoting themselves to spirits of deception, following demon-inspired revelations and theories. We need to understand the question is not if we're giving heed to something. The question is what are we giving heed to? The question is not if. The question is what? What are we giving heed to? What are we giving attention to? Go a little further. What are we giving devotion to? Devoting themselves to seducing spirits. In in the book of Acts, when uh uh, uh just a little side note in the book of Acts uh, when. The Holy Spirit fell upon the church. The church was born Uh, there at the end of chapter two, around verse 42 or so. It says that uh, the followers, the believers, the brethren, they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowshipping and the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were devoting themselves. Uh, This word heed, uh, just in the English uh, dictionary, it means this, simply to pay attention to To give close notice. To pay attention to. To give close notice. To pay attention. Look at your neighbor say, pay attention. Paying attention to giving close notice. In the Greek, uh, this word is defined this way to apply oneself to or to adhere to. To apply oneself to, or to adhere to. So now we're seeing it's beyond just what I'm hearing and listening to. It's actually taking formation in my life. It's actually taking on an actual, an element of application and practice in my life to apply oneself to, or to adhere to. Lastly, it means this in the Greek, this Greek word means this, to hold the mind. To hold the mind. Yeah, that's where the strongholds are, guys. That's where the strongholds are. It's in the mind. The enemy knows this. It's this understanding that it's what we are paying attention to. That these people, um, you know, uh, let's just take this off the table. There's no accidental falling away. Now you may have opened yourself up to some things that you didn't know right offhand and we'll work on the discernment side. But sometimes we open up things, open ourselves up to things like, but we we get in at some point, we recognize, ah, this is off. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He will teach you and show you and lead you and guide you. And there's probably some level of of guidance, shepherding, wise counsel, or pastoral leadership in your life that can help you see, hey, I don't know about that. Listen to it. They're not trying to restrict you and restrain you. Wise counsel is for your benefit. The boundaries keep you within the blessing, and the blessing's in the boundary. And if you're wandering somewhere and somebody in your life is saying, I don't know if I would listen to that listen to that person. But even if we accidentally start to veer off or open a door or think, at some point when this starts to become identified, at some point when we start to to see and hear and know, even on the inside, something's, you've got to make a choice. Will I continue to give heed, pay attention to, apply myself, adhere to, hold the mind, all the definitions we just read, devoting myself. This is what we know in Romans chapter 10. I'm just gonna, I got a lot of verses, but they're pretty much just to make some points. We're not really camping. I'm sure the guys in the back were like, well, this is a three hour message right here. Usually I can fold that page and I'm up on the top half. This one was on the second half. I'm not gonna lie to you. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, you know the verse. So then faith comes by what? Hearing Hearing. and hearing by the word of God. But here's the thing. There's a comma there. You could put a period. Faith coming by hearing does not only apply to the Bible. Faith comes by hearing, applies to the doctor's report. Faith comes by hearing, applies to the banker. Faith comes by hearing, applies to the meteorologist. Huh? (laughs) Faith comes by hearing, applies to the devil. Whatever he's presenting, if you are hearing it, and remember, this is not hearing having heard, This is hearing and hearing and hearing and devoted to and to hold the mind and to pay attention to and to keep closely into all the things we just read. If you devote yourself to that, it works both ways, guys. The principle of hearing and building faith works both ways. It's the question of what are you building your faith on? What are you adhering to? What are you applying yourself to? What are you continually taking in? Faith comes by hearing. Now, when it comes hearing by the word of God, guess what? You're gonna be building a faith on the word of God, a faith like we just sang about. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe you'll do it again. And I'm not moved by my circumstance. I'm not moved by my situation. How do you get that kind of unwavering faith? You fixate on it. You devote yourself to it. You hold the mind. But the enemy knows this principle too. And some of us treat the lies of the enemy as greater than the promises of God's word. This is a little off, but it's okay. Not off in the sense it's off, off from where I'm going, but it's still truth. Let's be clear. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we act like the lies of the enemy are greater than and stronger than the promises of God's word because we so easily believe them and so easily are convinced that, I mean, we've seen it. The world is built on this. A negative headline always gets more attention than a positive headline. And again, it's not saying that it's not happening. I just know another truth. I've got another headline. Anybody here got another headline? Anybody here got a positive headline? A headline that says you'll, you're the head and not the tail. A headline that says you'll take the land. A headline says you'll possess. A headline that says that nothing, no weapon formed against me shall... Pr- Those are the headlines I like to read. Anybody can read the headline that's displayed right before you that says it's, it's gonna take you out. You're not coming through. This will never be restored. This is broken beyond uh, uh, being repaired hello, I want God's headlines in my life. Well, what we're seeing is is that this comes by, what you build your faith in is determined by what you set your mind on and that you're hearing on a consistent, continual basis. John chapter 10, Jesus puts it this way, talking about the shepherd, the good shepherd and the the, the thief, right? is where he's going here. In John chapter four, he says, and when he brings out his own sheep, He goes before them and the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his voice. They follow him because they know his voice. See, the voice works even when you can't see what's happening. Even when I don't see it, you're working. I'm still following because I'm still listening. It, see, if you need to see it to follow, you're gonna be like the 10 spies. And when the promised land didn't line up with their idea, see, up until that point, they had a word. This is your promised land. I'm not meaning to go in this direction, but it's helping somebody. So we're gonna, we're gonna camp here for a moment. Darren's he's testifying over here. They went in with the word. But the second they laid eyes on something, all of a sudden they're questioning the word. This is why you need to be a better listener than you are a seer. You don't impress me if you can see the things. The ones that impress me and the ones that impress God are the ones that by faith can walk out something, endure something, press through something with no evidence in the natural to support that conclusion. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Joshua and Caleb didn't need natural evidence. They look a giant in the face and say, my land. They see fortified cities and say, We'll take that one. And we'll take that one. And we'll take that one. Come on. Amen. They were the first name it claimants. <laughs> Why? Because I'm only agreeing with God's word. I understand name it claimants like, you know, you know, just say whatever you want. No, we're agreeing with his word. Come into agreement with what he said. So they know, they follow him because they know his voice. Get familiar with his voice. Next verse, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. They will not follow a stranger, but will flee from him. So notice they're not even tolerating the stranger. Well, I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do, but you can hang around. They're like, nope, we're getting distance here, we're separating ourselves. We're not even letting that kind of garbage hang around. Come on, get thee behind me, Satan. See, Jesus had to exercise this. He just got done communicating, I'm gonna go to the cross, they're gonna hand me over. I'm gonna be killed, but in three days, I'm gonna rise again. And Peter steps up and says, what? May it never be. Now, Jesus could have let that hang around. Oh, Peter, you silly guy. You'll you'll understand one of these. He said, what? Get thee behind me. Uh Uh-uh, that ain't happening. That ain't hanging around here. Because if I let it hang around, eventually, huh, it's going to compromise what I'm hearing. And when it's compromising what I'm hearing, then I start getting drawn to that. They said, but no, the voice of a stranger, that was a strange voice to Jesus excuse me, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He's not calling him Satan, but Satan literally means adversary or stumbling block. He says, you're trying to trip me up. Get thee behind me. But see, when you know the voice of the spirit, when you know the voice of God, you can also better identify. See, when you discover the authentic you can quickly identify the counterfeit. Jesus knew the authentic voice of his father. And when the counterfeit spoke up, he said, no, that ain't happening. Even though it came from his best friend. It does not even matter the source. It doesn't even matter the source that's, that's happening right now, that it's coming through. That voice does not... I'm so familiar with the voice of the Father that I can't even be tripped up by that. Get thee behind me. They will flee from him. Why? For they do not know the voice of strangers. We've asked this before. Many of you already know where I'm going. Who's the shepherd and who's the stranger? We always want to answer and say, Jesus is the shepherd and the devil is the stranger. But that's not necessarily true. The voice of the shepherd is the voice you are most familiar with. And the stranger voice is the one that you are not familiar with. So what's the principle? The principle is whichever voice is familiar is the one you will eventually follow. Some of us are being shepherded by the world. Some of us are being shepherded by the news. Some of us are being shepherded by what the doctors report. And we easily follow. And we don't even ask any questions. And then the stranger is the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't punch them. I wouldn't cuss them out right now. Don't say that. Don't go there. Don't think that. Don't do that. But because he, he's a stranger, you what? You flee. So what's this encouraging us with? This word is encouraging us. I need to become very familiar with the voice of God, giving heed to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. How does that happen? Because at some point we became unfamiliar with the voice of God. You cannot, Jesus proved it. You cannot get lured. As seductively as it may come, as, a, as attractive as it may look, As promising as it may seem, it cannot lure you and pull you away if you are so well-grounded and familiar in God's word. Write down Matthew chapter four. We're not going there, but just write it down. Matthew chapter four. It's the temptation. And you know, the devil had some pretty luring promises at one point he said, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Jump off this clip and these angels will save you. You're hungry? I mean, it's been 40 days and 40 nights. I love that verse, by the way. It's, 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 it's very helpful. After he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. i was thinking. Bro, first 40 minutes, I became hungry. I started hungry, you know. You, you gorge yourself before the fast, and then you, well, let me just go ahead and encourage you. I just, let me give you a word of encouragement. This has happened in my life. When you're coming off a fast, don't eat everything in sight. Your body's not ready for it. Just naturally speaking, it's not going to be good. Bring it in slowly. But how is he able to curve every promise and every thought and every, it's because he was so familiar with the voice of his father that he would not, he was familiar with the shepherd, he would not follow the voice of a stranger. Even when, watch this, they use scripture. Oh, that, that, That devil, he's got all kinds of scripture, doesn't he? Can I just tell you something? He knows it better than you do. And he'll use it against you. And he'll twist it and pervert it and he'll leave one word out or add one word in. Did he surely say you would not die? You will not die. And all the promises and all the attractiveness starts to show up. Why? Because it takes hold in the mind. Because we are familiar with it. The problem wasn't that the devil showed up in the garden. The problem was that Adam and Eve gave attention to the devil in the garden. The devil, this is why I I, I say, the devil is not your problem. And I'll repeat it again. For every believer in the room, the devil is not your problem. He's a defeated foe. He's been whipped, stripped, defeated. I mean, he, he knows he holds no power in your life. Only the power in place you give him through your attention. Strongholds can be broken the moment you can break attention. Deliverance and freedom can show up the moment you break attention. Yield to the voice of the spirit. Come on, guys, we are not about to make the devil stronger than God. We're not about to make his power to bind somebody greater than God's power to deliver somebody. It's not happening. It's the, it's the most unfair fight on the planet. That, that, that snake, the moment the stranger's voice showed up, what did John 10 tell us we're supposed to do when a stranger's voice show up? flee in the other direction. What did Adam and Eve do? Engage conversation. And it might seem innocent to begin. It might seem, well, you know, I'm not falling for it. But eventually you open doors. Eventually avenues are built. It just keeps coming. I mean, we don't know how long these encounters took in Genesis chapter three. We just got the one inkling. We got the one inkling because it shows us the simplicity of it. Shows us the simplicity. He's speaking, you're listening. Eventually you're gonna fall. You're gonna fall away. You'll depart even from the faith, giving heed to. Adam and Eve gave heed to, paid close attention to, held in the mind, eventually applied their practice and adhered to. So this giving heed to is the issue. This giving heed to is the problem. In the Passion Translation, John chapter 10 says, and because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. The sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. Do we know him well enough to recognize? For he calls his own by name and leads them out for they belong to him. And when he has brought all to his sheep, brought out all his Sheep, he walks ahead of them and they will follow him for they are familiar with his voice. But they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. If you don't value the word of God, it will greatly compromise your ability to hear the voice of God. If you don't value the word of God, it will greatly compromise your ability to hear the voice of God. One of the consistent themes that I find, I'm not gonna say every time, in every case, because I do believe that there are other ways, but a primary way that I see people falling away in the last days, not falling away in deliberate sin, that's obvious, falling away in being lured by the attraction and lured by the deception of of spirits, of the spiritual kind. One of the most common key elements that I see exhibited in their life is they begin to or have taken on a full devaluing of the word of God. Over time, scripture holds very little place in their life. It's demonstrated in their conversations. It's demonstrated in their uh, teaching. It's demonstrated in their preaching. You start to see and hear a lot of stories, a lot of examples, a lot of experience, and those things aren't wrong. Pastor Darrell, man, I love his stories. Brother Hagin had story after story after story, but you will not find it at the expense of the word in their ministries. But almost a a, a common thread, a common theme is there is a lacking value and honor for the word of God. I'm so intentional that I have this on my podium every time I'm in here. Not out of religious practice, not to make myself look good. But I don't want this to replace that. You say, well, it's the Bible, it's the same. No. One, I believe, requires a little more diligence and a little more attention. Because you know what I get on this thing? Pop ups. And notifications it's the ease of it anytime anytime something is made easy and see I have all my vote my, all my verses are in here just for the speed of things so I don't have to thumb through pages maybe I should start thumbing through pages so it give you time to get there But I, I've got them all in here, and I love this thing because it's a great tool. It I, I've got every translation of the Bible on this planet at my fingertips. Look it up with ease. I remember back in the day. I can't remember who it was, a minister. They had stacks of Bibles. They had their amplified, and they had their, and then you know I had a parallel Bible. Anybody ever had a parallel Bible? It's got two translations side by side. That was fun. Well, now I've got all translations side by side. Great. But when it comes to devotion and diligence, when it comes to giving attention to, this is what I know. The enemy will defeat me in the arena of distraction. The enemy will defeat me where I'm not fixed. So I carry a, 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 a physical Bible up here. I carry a physical Bible almost with me everywhere I go. You shouldn't come here without a Bible. Now I just say that. Is that too legalistic for you? Is that too religious? Bring your Bibles to church. Open them up as we're looking at these scriptures. Highlight them, underline them, star them. I mean, it's your, if you have a Bible you can't write in, throw it away and get one you can write in. Give it to someone that will write in it. Amen. That is your sword. I don't care how antiquated and archaic it makes me sound. Love your Bible. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. Carry your Bible. Have a diligence with it. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to be transparent. As a pastor, 90% of the things we deal with as pastors. And we love it. That's why we do it. We counsel, we guide, we lead. But so many times it's like, "Eh, in the word. And then they want to hear like some special quotable thing. We quote it, but we don't live it. Come on. We tweet it, but do we apply it? We underline it and we star it, but is it practiced? And it can always be, it can always stem back to what does the Bible say? What does the word say? What does the word of God say? No matter what challenge we we face, we can just go back to simply just, what does the word say? I don't care how they did you wrong. I don't care what the bank said. I don't care what the doctor said. What does the word say? What does the word say? Say. It's just amazing how that's not good enough for a lot of believers today. It's just not a a good enough answer. It's in the Bible. There's going to be plenty of things in this life and in this world that are going to be unexplainable. But yet the word seems to have an answer for every single bit of it. The word hasn't skipped a beat. The the devil still has yet to find something to challenge that the word cannot bring an answer to. In 6,000 plus years, he hasn't found it yet. I feel pretty good that the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's still gonna work for you tomorrow. It's still gonna work for you next year. It's still gonna work in the millennium. It's still gonna work in trials and tribulations. It's still gonna work in storms. Come on, it's still gonna work. The word still works. So, Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four and uh, verse twenty-two. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Mark chapter four, verse twenty-two. Y'all getting something? All right. I'm going to keep going, anyways. Hallelujah. Mark four twenty-two in the Amplified. I love this verse in 22. Things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. That seems a little backwards, doesn't it? Why hide it if you want to reveal it? But it's the hidden things that require intentionality to find. I started out with our Elevate teams, our pre-service huddle that we do every Sunday morning with those that are serving just encouraging and worshiping and building us up, getting ready for the service, and you hear the rain beating on the roof, and it's like, man, I, I love days like this because it shows urgency. You had, to, you had to make a little effort. I know the parking lot isn't great, trekking that out there. I understand you gotta get the rain jacket out and the umbrellas, and you gotta drop them off and then go park and run to the car, and it's a little more, but man, in those moments, it's like, I'm not letting anything stop me. And the Buffalo Bills fans would show up, a bunch of Christians. They had to shovel their own seat, paid ticket. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that you just, as a pastor, you're like, "No, no, don't show me that. Don't show me that. Uh uh. To watch their team lose. Golly. My gosh shoveled your own own seat, stood out there for four plus hours at minimum, freezing below. They, they said 17 people in one of those games were treated for uh, uh, hypothermia. Anybody here being treated for hypothermia? It's comfortable in here, y'all all right? Might not like that AC, but hey, you ain't, it ain't negative in here. It's just that the people that are hot have more faith than you that are cold, that's all. They stayed up all night praying that AC would kick on. (laughs) Things that are hidden temporarily, uh, things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation, meaning if you'll fight to find it, it'll be revealed to you. For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nothing nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it may be known. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. And he said to them, be careful. There it is again. It's that careful attention. Be careful. What you are hearing, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Guys, it's promised in the word. You're only gonna get back to the degree you put in. You're only gonna get out to the degree that you invest. So, time in the word. Invest time in the word. Invest time in hearing the word. What does this do? This helps us become more familiar because remember, it's not a matter of what you're, uh, uh, if you're familiar, it's a matter of what you're familiar with. And you're becoming familiar with something. Everybody in this room is familiar with something. I remember early on uh, in, in, in our days of pastoring, not just here, but even uh, you know, in, in, in St. Augustine when we were children's pastors, You could always, I would preach a a fire message, man. I'd just be like, man, that's it. And I'd meet somebody in the foyer that would have, well, you know, it's just gonna be another week. It's like, what were you doing the last 45 minutes while I was talking? Did it fuel anything? Why? It's the amount of attention you give. I've never knocked somebody for falling asleep in church. There are worse places to fall asleep. In fact, I pray that that sleep you get is the most peaceful sleep you've ever gotten in your life because it's under the word. I, I grew up, I'm not, I'm not lying, I grew up as a child playing the word, somebody preaching as I was falling asleep. Why? I mean, your spirit's getting it. But it sure does help if your eyes are closed and you, or your eyes are open and you're engaged. It just... It helps. You're taking notes. You're locked in. I'm not saying it's the end of the world. You could not be here at all. But to the degree you put in is the degree you get out. So whatever you're getting out, whatever you're familiar with, you've invested somewhere. If it's worth and validation, if it's I'm just not enough, I'm never going to make, you're investing somewhere, and that's why that's what's coming out. But man, if you'll sow your time in the word. Remember he said, it's not hidden so you won't find it, it's hidden so you will. What do we say? It's not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. So we need to go find it, amen. Say, go find it. In the Passion Translation, verse 24 reads, And he said to them, be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. For as you do, more understanding will be given to you. And according to your longing to understand. Y'all know what those two words according to mean, right? According to. Means the same as. I've used the example. If if I give Caitlin $100, and then I I say, Caitlin, I want you to give uh, to Mr. Howe according to how I gave to you. And she gives uh, him $85, did she give according to? Okay, pretty simple. It's the same as, according to. According to your longing to understand is what we will get in return. For those who listen, verse 25, those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelation. But those who don't listen with open hearts will lose what little they think they have, and man, we we nailed those verses last year, especially in the first quarter of last year. If you wanna go back and listen to those messages on the abundant clarity, amen? Last year was the year of abundant clarity, and that's where we got that from. I'm gonna fly through these verses, so I just want you to write them down. They're gonna put them up on the screen, Proverbs chapter 2, some more instruction along the lines of becoming familiar and giving attention to. Proverbs 2, I'm going to read all these in the Passion. Verse 2, so train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment. Look at that. We need to expand our discernment, don't we? Especially in these last days. then pass it on to your sons and daughters. Yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. If you keep seeking it like a man would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Really, this whole chapter, I'm going to look at a few verses here. Verse 1, listen to my correction. Did you know that we even need to receive God's correction with intent to hear? I put it in here. I didn't give it to the guys in the back, but 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for four things, doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. Doctrine, reproof, Correction and instruction in righteousness. And guess what? We don't get to pick and choose which ones we want. Just receive it all. Amen. Listen to my correction, my sons, for I speak to you as your father. Let discernment enter your heart and you'll grow wise with the understanding I impart. Verse 4, then my father taught me, saying, never forget my words. If you do everything that I teach you, you will reign in life. See, forgetfulness is the result of a lack of attention. I promise you, I can find something in your life today that you will not do well with, not be able to recite, not be able to repeat, not be able to follow the instructions of because you have forgotten how to do it. Maybe it was a math problem. Maybe it's to do a certain function. Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. We have to abstain from forgetfulness forgetfulness is the reward is the reward for lack of attention It's what you end up with is a forgetful hearer james talks about that verse 7 says wisdom is the most valuable commodity so buy it revelation knowledge is what you need so invest in it revelation knowledge how are we going to walk in revelation knowledge If we won't even walk in this knowledge, how are we going to do the desire the unknown if we don't even have a uh, 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 a value for the known? Everybody wants a new word from God. Are you doing the last thing he told you? Verse 20, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention. Everyone say, pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words to hold in the mind until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Psalms 119, just write it down, Psalms 119, verse nine. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart, I have sought you. And notice that word pure. Obviously, we, we uh, uh, liken that to a sin-free life. And later on, he says uh, uh, that I treasure your word in my heart, so I will not sin against you. But purity, even and in reference to 1 Timothy chapter four, the discernment between his spirit and deceiving spirits requires purity. Purity says, by keeping it according to your word, with all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. I wanna give you four ways that you can ensure you will hear the voice of the holy spirit four ways four ways you can ensure you will hear the voice of the holy spirit it's this giving heed to issue giving attention to paying close attention to holding near i love that that word devotion what i devote what i'm devoted to they devoted themselves to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons See, if we just read it on the surface, it just sounds like the enemy's just picking people off left and right, whether they want to or not. No, at some point, they've yielded over. At some point, they didn't stay intentional with something. So four ways we can ensure that we will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Number one, love God's word. Love God's word. This is the thing about devotion. Your devotion is tied to your attention. What you give attention to reveals what you give devotion to. Tell me you're devoted to your wife and you don't pay any attention to her. Tell me you're devoted to your family and you don't pay any attention. Tell me you're devoted to your job, but you show up late and put in as little work as possible, bare minimum. No, devotion produces attention. And when I'm devoted to something, guess what? Not only do I give it my attention, it gets my attention. And if we would be better devoted to God's word, I think that we'd be able to pick apart those things that are not of God's spirit and not of God's word, even though they may be dressed up like it. Our discernment will increase, but we have to have a love for God's word. Your attention reveals your devotion. Number two, obey God's word. Obey God's word. There are people that know scripture, but don't do it. And they're getting deceived. This was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were hypocrites. You keep going there in in 1 Timothy chapter four, I think verse two says it, in all hypocrisy, with lies. This is how they're deceiving people. Hypocrites. Say one thing and do another. My mouth and my heart are not in alignment. There's a discrepancy there. Joshua chapter one, verse seven, just write it down. Joshua chapter one, verse seven. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. And notice this is the word to Joshua. Moses is dead. And he says, what? Go back and listen to what Moses gave you. I haven't changed my word. I'm not giving you new instruction until you do the last thing I told you. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. So one, I've got to love God's word. Be wholly devoted to it. It gets my attention. Number two, I've got to obey God's word. And guys, let's just go ahead and get it clear. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Be quick to obey. Because the slowness, it doesn't get better, it gets worse. Increase, the word of the Lord came to us the the very first service we had this year, uh, reminding us of our response time. Let's respond to the word quickly. God, Offense and roots of bitterness should not take months that grow in your heart until they finally like, you know what, I need to get rid of that. Get it right the first time. Get it right immediately. Don't let that stuff take root. Don't let that stuff grow down. Don't let that stuff you know, grow up in your life and bear its fruit before you have to recognize, ah, you know what? I don't want that in my life. Recognize it the, the moment the seed tries to go in. Number three, grow in God's word. Grow in God's word. First Peter chapter two, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, how? That you may grow thereby. We should be growing in the word multiple times uh, the apostles came to the people and they would say things like you know by this time you ought to i thought you were spiritual but you're still carnal first corinthians chapter 3 we'll look at hebrews chapter 5 in just a moment it says by this time you ought to have been able to teach others but you got to be taught again the elementary principles where's the growth where's the increase Man, if you're not doing a Bible reading plan, do a Bible reading plan and mark how God shows you one thing in 2023. He'll show you another thing in 2024. He'll show you another thing in two th- and you'll go deeper in the word of God. But we need to be growing up and going deeper in God's word. We are not to remain infants. You need to know God's word and you need to know how to apply God's word for somebody else. It's been a long time. I don't know when the last time was that that, that I looked up this statistic, but the amount of Christians or believers that knew how to walk somebody through salvation, I mean, just the most common basic one, They can't have the conversation in the cubicle, but they, if you just come to my church, come meet my pastor. Guys, that's hindering us. It is. You've got to be able to share the the word. You've got to be able to communicate the word. You've got to be able to grow and know the deep things. Why do we need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is tongues? Why do we need to be speaking in tongues? How are you going to have a conversation with someone that doesn't believe you should be speaking in tongues? Most of us are distancing ourselves from these conversations because we're not growing up in the word. We're remaining infants, remaining babes. You okay? So it brings me to the last one. Share God's word. Share it. Sharing is caring. Sharing God's word got a little ahead of myself, but that's what I'm trying to say. And this is the thing about sharing God's word is it will reinforce it in your life. Some of you are afraid to lay hands on the sick and pray with them because you're not sure if Mark 16 really works. Pastor Mark can preach it. But what if they don't get healed? What if they don't get well? What if they don't receive? All these thoughts go through. This is common. Thoughts that every believer has? Worship team, come on up. But Hebrews chapter five says this. There's much more we would like to say about this. Verse 11, Hebrews 5, 11. But it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. He said it, not me. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food, they didn't grow. And I'll tell you what, sometimes we stunt our growth by desiring things that are beyond where we're at spiritually. Go ahead, give a, a, a one-year-old some steak, see what happens. You're gonna be calling the paramedics pretty soon. Just recognize where you're at. But having a, de- a desire beyond, I mean, the Bible even tells us, don't put novices in positions of leadership. I'm just gonna tell you right now, if you wanna minister the word, you better be submitting yourself to, in some way, to the faithfulness of ministry. I'm tired of people telling me they want a microphone, but they won't pick up a mop. Y'all hearing me? You're stunning your growth because you think you got some great word and you got some awesome testimony and got some great revelation, but you can't serve the people of God. You can't be faithful to a ministry. You can't just show up and say, hey, I was on the schedule, I'm here to serve. Let me do it. I'll be in a classroom, I'll be in a parking lot and I'll be at a door, I'll be at an usher, I'll pray with somebody, I'll do it when nobody's looking before I ever get up here and do it when everyone's looking. Y'all, y'all hear me okay? We're desiring to grow beyond where we have acquired certain things. And we're getting off. He's luring us, he's making it seductive. Guys, there's ministries. You saw my wife come down here and get ordained. 13 years we've been pastoring this church. And it didn't need to even wait that long. But she's got a proven track record of serving. She's got a proven track record of the call of God being on her life. People are looking for these overnight ordinations. www.ordinationministriesinternational.com but can that person really speak to the gift of God on your life? Can they really say there is a call on that person? We certify and verify. We've invested and entrusted. That's important in ministry because we're loading up with online bishops and apostles with their YouTube channels and their Instagram accounts. And people are sending them money and sending them prayers and they're being commissioned by nobody, submitted to nobody. If you want to be in leadership, my first question is: Who are you under? Who are you under? Who are you submitted to? It's got to be there. Because First Timothy chapter four is written to the church, guys. It's not written to the world. The world is not raising up these false apostles and teachers deceiving uh, uh, spiritually with their seducing and their seductive and their luring mess. The world's not doing it. The church is doing it. God's got a perfect plan. He's got a perfect plan. Love my word. Obey my word. Grow in my word. Share it. Share it. There's no doubt he's given you a ministry. There's no doubt he's got his hand on your life, but will you submit to the process that draws it out? Father, we just give you glory. We just give you praise. You have a perfect process. We can stay free from deception. We can stay free from abandoning and walking away. We can stay free because we follow your plan and your purpose and your place. But Father, we choose right now to give your word first place in our lives. Your word is vital. Your word is valued. Your word is honored. Your word is treated as first. And Father, I think it will produce the results your word promises us. Your word will produce in our lives. It'll keep us free from deception and keep us walking out the perfect plan in these last days. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. We want to receive our tithing offering at this time. If you are giving in service by cash, by check, hey, I do want to say this real quick. Thank you so much for responding and giving. We were able to bless the Huffmans, their time and their ministry with us. Thank y'all for giving and sowing and honoring those gifts that we bring in. And, you know, money is a funny thing. Money, we we attach money to what we value and to what we honor. The Bible says where your treasure is, your heart is. They're connected. And so when you're giving financially, I know you're giving of your heart to say, man, I received something. I want to honor that and I want to respond in a way that will bless them as well. So thank y'all so much for letting us do that, being a blessing to them. We were able to send them away with the generous offering. And so if you're giving in service today, you'll have an offering envelope in the seat back pocket in front of you. Fill that out, make your checks payable to Anchor Faith Church. Uh, You'll see all the designations on there. You can also give online and you can Text your gift. The instructions are on the screen behind me. If you're giving in service on your way out, you'll see a black box near the doors. Just drop it there uh, in the top there and we can receive it here that way. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give, the opportunity to sow, to invest. Father, I thank you that your word will prove faithful, that if we give, it will be given back to us. Press down, shaking together running over. Father, I thank you. You know and see every need, not only in this house, Anchor Faith Church, but in every home represented. Father, we thank thank you that you are Lord and that you reign over it all. This is your money coming back to you, returning it back to you. Father, as your word promises, we will see the windows of heaven open. We won't even have room enough to receive all that you have to pour out will be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. We believe this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.